I remember sitting one day in my hostel room, in my small hostel room, and I made a decision that the only way to help someone else like me is to, it's to come out, is to first accept my status and never be afraid. And I shouldn't really continue hiding anymore because even my friends at campus, they didn't know about my status. My name is Bane Kibuka and welcome to another episode of the Ugandan Ball Talk Show. Uh, welcome once again to the Ugandan Boy Talk Show. I was planning for my next guest and I was like, who will I host? And uh, I remembered uh, a lady, I call her lady, in Uganda that um, we just connected on Facebook like two years ago, one year ago. So welcome to the show, Akuru Rook. Thank you very much, Bonnie. <laughs> How have you been? I've been very busy. <laughs> yeah, I see that on your uh, social media, you're ever traveling, going to places, and I'm going to ask you about that. But um, before we go into that, um, where were you born? Uh, I was born in Oyam district okay. in Northern Uganda. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that's where I was born. Is that like uh, Gulu area or... You know, it's in the Lango region. I don't know. Gulu is in actually region. Okay. But born in Lango. So that is uh, the Lango region, uh, the district that is famous for uh, in Lango region is Lira. So okay. it's the, the, the ends of Lira, that side. No, I'm not very familiar with the northern regions. Actually, I just visited the northern region like two, three years ago for the first time, but I'm not really good at the districts up there. All I know is Gulu, Arua. Uh, I think that's it. <laughs> uh, Arua is not in north. <laughs> oh, it's not? It's like north, northwest. Yes, Isn't northwest. It? Yeah, it's... Yeah. It's, it's it's part of north just give me that anyway <laughs> <laughs> so what's your what's your family background like um i was born in a family of four people i'm the first born mm-hmm. uh, my dad passed on when i was very young and uh, i have three siblings and uh, my mom is a single mom is a single mother. So yeah, that's it. I don't know what else you do. <laughs> I, I, I ask people that every time I host guests here because I want to know, like, especially the people that I host from Uganda, I want to know where they grew up from and like where life brought them. Because now you told us, I didn't even know like you, you, you were born there because I, I knew you from Mokiso or like anything. And that's why I wanted to know where you grew up. So how did you end up in Wakiso? Okay, uh, how I ended up in Wakiso, uh, that is, um, uh, should I start with, uh, okay, let me start from the beginning. That is, in 2005, I don't know if you know Pastor Arnold Wonge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. 
children center yeah if they look after children who are orphans and vulnerable children that are exposed to the dangers in the society so I was among the children who, have, who was vulnerable and also considered as an orphan. And that's how I ended up in Wakiso. So KCC okay. in Wakiso district. So that's that's Disney Bridge. Because I know I visited the orphanage in um I don't even know how the place is called. Not saying you go by and I've even forgotten how you get there, but like you drive through past the hospital, the Wakiso, then past the Katale, then you go down there. Bombebi village. What's that? Know. What's that? The village is called um, Gombe. Yeah, Gombe. Uh-huh. But the, the whole place is called Destiny Hill. I've actually visited there with my brother, Benjamin. I don't know if you know my brother, Benjamin. Yeah, I know him. Yeah, so... That's the other thing I was going to ask you. You seem to know all my family members. And like when we were talking before we started recording, you know my dad, you know my mom, you know my brother. And you told me my mom was your Sunday school teacher. Tell me about that. <laughs> How did you meet my mom the first time? Uh, she came as a Sunday school teacher at the children's center. Mm-hmm. So I can say she is the most uh, influential person in a child's life mm-hmm. and uh, should I say a child's role model because I always looked at I always looked up to her as a role model and I always wanted to follow her footsteps she told yeah. us I remember one day she told us that she's a missionary and uh, I wanted I remember one time I wanted to be a missionary because of her yeah <laughs> She has impacted a lot of kids' lives. Like even when I was growing up in Sunday, she told me in Sunday school, she told I think all the people in Wakiso who have gone like to churches, you know, like everybody knows her. You would be walking with her in Wakiso and say, Auntie Susan, Auntie Susan. And like everybody calls her, but like Did I say that she's the most qualified Sunday school teacher? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she's she knows what she's doing. I mean, she went to, she studied that and I think God gifted her with that because she's, she's really good at doing that. And uh, so Ruth, um, what schools did you go, you, you went, did you go to Destiny Bridge School then? What schools did you go to? I know, I didn't, I didn't go to Destiny Bridge School, but I went to St. Elizabeth in Coway. Yep, my brother went to that school. Then I went to Exodus College. Yeah, I know Exodus. So then Rennes Secondary School. I don't know if you're Yeah, in Namusera. Yes, yes, yes. I, I, I went to St. John's, so it's like close by to Rennes. I went to St. John's near secondary school. That's why I did my high school. Um, so anyway, I've been hosting people on my podcast. I started a podcast to just tell stories know about people and people who do different things like i know you've worked with different organization you've been uh participating in a lot of good causes but before i go into that like as a girl growing up in uganda what are some of the challenges you've faced you personally uh, uh 
challenges that I've faced as a young girl growing up in Uganda. Uh, number one is uh, lack of confidence. If you look at the society, there is a certain standard of beauty that you have to certain standard of beauty that you have to follow. And if you don't meet that, you're you are you are not really beautiful. So uh, as a as a young girl, it kindly it it uh, it affects self-esteem and the confidence. And besides that, uh, girls girls in Uganda lack a voice. So it's always very hard for them to express themselves. I don't know if you you've, you've noticed that. Mm -hmm. uh, girls in Uganda, they hardly express themselves. So it's the same thing with me. While I was growing up, it was very hard to speak out my inner thoughts, to, to bring out my inner voice. So that has really been a big challenge, but I'm glad I overcame that. That is all I have now, or else I have a whole booklet of <laughs> challenges. How's <laughs> good? Yeah, I, I, every time I ask people about the question, I think about it, I'm like, why do you even ask this person a challenge of growing up in Uganda? Because growing up in Uganda itself is a challenge by itself before even you go to. <laughs> Before even you go to bigger girl or something, and like I definitely understand there's a million other things that girls go through, like not even guys, because I know my dad has a girl's home uh, restoration at the church, uh, Central Baptist Church in Wakiso, and I listen to those girls' stories and like they will tell you their challenges. If you sit there, they can tell you the whole day just mentioning challenges, but I like to mention that so my listeners at least get a glimpse of some of the things that uh, these people go through. Like I know my listeners, most of them are from the United States, all over the world. And whenever they listen to this podcast, they can hear from um, different people from different countries and what they have gone through. So I've been following you on your Facebook. You are a mentor to other girls and younger girls and everything you post you're just empowering girls who like you just said who don't have a voice who need empowerment encouragement and in most so it's been in the area of HIV and you've been an ambassador in that do you want to tell us the story about that and why you chose that specific area yes I am an ambassador for young people living with HIV and uh, I myself am also a person living with HIV. So I, I felt like that is where God wanted me. That's the, I felt that that's the direction God wanted me to take in empowering my fellow girls, in uh, being, bringing hope to the girls that had lost hope in life, especially girls who are living with HIV. I, I want to show them that yes, you're living with HIV, but there is more to life than just than, than, than living with HIV. You don't have to dwell on, on the virus. Uh, you don't have to, to fear being stigmatized or discriminated in the community because of your HIV status. So what I usually do or tell them is to uh, is is uh, what I usually encourage them is building their confidence 
and through realizing uh, what their strengths are as a person. So uh, through that, we, they, they get to learn once they realize what their strengths are, they, I help them connect, connect to different opportunities that will help them in gaining skills to, to, to enhance on what they have so that they, they are able to grow confident as a person and to also have a voice for themselves where they, no one has to speak on their behalf but they can speak for themselves. That's one of the areas that I just think about because I am ignorant about that. I don't know anything about it. And I can't say that I know what the struggles of people living with HIV they go through. And that, that's one of the things when I was thinking about hosting you, like I wanted to learn. I wanted to know what some of the challenges that these people living with HIV go through. And you mentioned some of them like gender-based violence, like uh, stigma. You, I don't know some of those terms, like you will break them down for us, but like I saw that, but I can tell like discrimination, like everybody knows discrimination, you know, like somebody has HIV and they'll try to push them away. I don't know if it's personal, but like, do you mind sharing the story from you, like how you acquired HIV, but like if if it's personal, you don't have to say it. Like I don't want to force you to say it. <laughs> but like I wanted I, if you can tell your story on how like you got that. I I I was born with HIV. Okay. So I got it through my mom. And by then she she wasn't aware of her HIV status. And uh, so yeah, that's how I ended up. With the yeah. I, I I knew that I mean I think I've had you share and I've, I knew all that but like I wanted to ask you that for the listeners like I said earlier I can't imagine how you go through like like how you struggle with that and like when you went to like did you know that before you went to high school I, I actually knew that when I was in my primary seven hmm. yes so it was by then I actually I didn't know what HIV was. Mm. So I did not really mind so much. But what what really hit me was um, the way how some people who knew about me viewed me. So it it it, it started affecting my self-esteem as a person. And uh, yeah, so, and so that's when I got realized that wow, maybe there is something wrong with me. Okay. So that's why I was asking you because I can't imagine like going to school and when your fellow uh, students find that out, you know, it's that's when you experience the big uh, discrimination or things that like your friends would want to hang out with you. Did you ever experience that? And did your friends in school get to know about it? And how was that like? Uh, well, at school, I kept it as a secret because I was scared to come out. Because uh, research shows that there is high index of stigma and discrimination in, in schools. So most children that have experienced that 
they are still struggling with with uh, with the trauma they they've got. But luckily, with uh, for me, I had a very supportive friend who always stood by my side. All someone needs is a supportive friend, someone who is there to to support them whenever they they are needed. So I had also that kind of a friend who was very supportive and. She actually even fought those who tried to tease me, bully me. <laughs> so she would fight. She would fight on my behalf. <laughs> that is nice because to have somebody to stand in there for you, like even in other parts of life, you know, there is always like kids that are bullying each other or at work or in all different places. But it's always nice to have somebody. To stand there with you and be with you. So, when did you make the decision that you want to help the other people who are living with HIV? That was at campus. Okay. Uh, when I was in my third year university, I I read a book called uh, Purpose Driven Life uh, by Rick Warren. So that book. Uh, made me realize that everyone who is born uh, has a special or a unique purpose that God designed for them and it's the reason why they are there. So, and uh, uh, again somewhere he, he mentioned something about how we, the best way to find our purpose is through our lived experiences and my experience has always been uh, i've always struggled with uh, accepting myself because i was living with hiv and i felt uh, i just felt so hopeless in life and you know that point where you just leave just go with the flow you don't you don't see the meaning of your life but that drew that book help me realize that there is always much more to more than what we've gone through as a person. So there are also other books that I read. Uh, there was uh, another book that I read uh, called Extravagant Fire written by Sue Sinclair. Uh, that book also, sh she was explaining her, her life experience and how God helped her overcome those experiences. And she's one of the most powerful ladies that is changing and transforming nations, actually. Those are samples of the books that I read that changed my life. And I remember sitting one day in my hostel room, in my small hostel room, and I made a decision that the only way to help someone else like me is to it's to come out is to first accept my status and never be afraid and i shouldn't really continue hiding anymore because even my friends at campus they didn't know about my status i would always hide from them whenever they come to my room i would hide my medicine aside so that they won't notice <laughs> or they don't get any clue 
and I had to, the first people that I actually disclosed to was some of them. And they, they were very supportive and they told me that this will actually help you stop hiding from people you care about. So, and that's how I came out, though I was looking for an opportunity to, to get, to, to, to express myself or to reach as many young people as possible. And that is through the Y Plus Beauty pageant mm -hmm. organized by Uganda Network of Young People Living in HIV. And the, the, the purpose of the, the beauty pageant is to fight stigma and discrimination. Okay. So that was really a very good opportunity for me to, to, to come out and announce publicly about me and also confess uh, the whole reason why I'm coming out. And I'm glad that I, yes, I did. And there are no regrets. <laughs> yeah, I was going to ask you about that because I saw that on your Facebook. I, I'm, I'm sorry, all the things that happen, I see them on your Facebook, but that's the purpose of Facebook to let us know. Um, and did you, you won that uh, beauty pageant, didn't you? No, I didn't. Unfortunately, <laughs> <laughs> but there, I, I went home with a, with a crown of uh, Miss Popularity. Okay. Yes, Miss Popularity. I think Popularity. that's what I saw, yeah. And then also I, also, I was also the second runners up. So it was, it, it, it was also a very good opportunity that I, I did not, I, 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 I ended up being among the top three girls who would be representing the, the, the young people at a national level. So I, I became a second runners up, which was a very good beginning. Yeah. For me. And I managed to maintain that till now. Things like that, like bring back happiness to these uh, girls that have gone through a lot, you know, like there's a lot of people that have gone through a lot and just just living with that, knowing that you have HIV, it's, it's uh, a huge, uh, how do you call it? Like the bag to carry, like on your, on your load, on your shoulder, but doing something that brings a smile or having people in your life that will bring a smile. And even knowing that you're not alone, you know, there's other people. So how have you managed to live with that, with, with HIV and still be healthy and still be happy? And how have you managed that in your life? Uh, first of all, I had to accept that, that HIV is now part of me. It's not going anytime soon and it's an incurable illness. And uh, secondly, I had to make sure that I, I stick to my drugs so i made sure i would take my drugs every day to help me live a healthy life and to to help me also get uh, to also help me prevent contracting hi uh, sorry aids <laughs> every time i talk about hiv and aids people get confused yeah but, uh, so, i almost so got confused too i'm gonna ask you <laughs> So I have the virus, but it is, uh, I don't have AIDS. Okay. I have HIV, but I don't have AIDS. So in, uh, for me to prevent 
the, the only way for me to avoid getting AIDS is sticking to my ARPs and just maintaining the virus from progressing to AIDS. Uh, and also living healthy and having an open mindset mm -hmm. that helps me to not be, um, that helps me to also accept other people the way they are. So uh, you've been in Gulu or you have been doing some projects in Gulu. You know, nowadays in Uganda, when you talk about Gulu, people think you're going in Gulu to get money. And I had that, I had that on my interview questions. So you and Guru, are you one of the people who are making money up there or like, but I, <laughs> but I wanted you to tell us more about the projects you guys are doing in Guru and what's happening there. Um, the project that I'm doing in Gulu is actually happening everywhere in Uganda. So it's happening in every part of Uganda, North, East, West, and center. So um, the, the project that we are working on is called People's Voice. We are getting evidence of, uh, of experiences of people living with HIV and uh, we get to see their challenges, their face, especially when it comes to accessing HIV and TB services. Uh, so we, we so we get those, we, well, the, the information we get, we use that for advocacy purposes to improve on the HIV services provided to the people living with HIV and to people who are affected and to people who are at high risk. Okay. Like you said, you do it in Google and like this is happening in all like places in Uganda. So like they help in all now, I, I thought it was just in Google. You know how nowadays when the musician, everybody's going in Google as if Google is... <laughs> uh, I, was, I was allocated in Google. Okay. <laughs> so I thought you're one of the people who are getting some money from Google and I was going to say you can send me some money. But anyway, <laughs> I, I appreciate those uh, activities that you do for the people and standing in. And like, I, I, I finished my episode last week and this one guy helps often so whenever i i look at people like you standing in that position to help another person like it gives me energy it's like we have people in our generation that are going to change the world and it starts with you and what you do also i noticed something about the candlelight dinner can you tell us about what that was is held every third month of May oh. and the whole purpose of the, the candlelight dinner is to remember everyone who lost their life to AIDS so that is basically it and different different organizations or different individuals find a way how to celebrate that day on that day we, we decided to to go on on the roadside with posts, you know, giving information about HIV and uh, uh, so, so we are helping the, the community uh, know more about HIV and how to prevent it and how to take care of themselves. So, and that is it. 
others they celebrate it in other ways but for us that is how we managed to celebrate it this year i don't know if you saw those posts when yeah yeah when yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah anyway uh I might not have a lot of questions to ask you about HIV or anything, but since I'm going to post this episode on my website and my channels, and um, I'll be open to people send me questions. And when they send me those questions, I'm going to host you back again, and we'll go through those people's questions if they have anything they want to ask on this particular topic. Because I think for me, I've done my part of like asking you, uh, telling me all those. Now, is there any life lessons that you've learned at this point of your life that you can share with us? Uh, one lesson that I've learned, especially when it comes to uh, working with girls, especially adolescent girls and young women, is that uh, girls are always exposed to new experiences that that enable them to discover their own strength and uh, and, and and their own strength that enable them to thrive. But again, these new experiences come with big challenges. So the best way to help them overcome them is to discover their strength and how to overcome the challenges in every stage of their life. That's a good uh, life lesson for, especially the girls to think about and listen to and learn from and hearing it from you um and then the other question is kind of similar to that is like is there anything that i've not asked you about or mentioned on this topic we're talking about that you would want to say to uh listeners i have a lot that i really want to say but i i think maybe another time <laughs> <laughs> okay yeah. You can you can just pick one 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 thing you want to leave our listeners with like tell them one thing. Okay, all I can say is that uh, we all know that COVID is here to stay. So however much we are, our focus is on COVID nineteen, but we sh- we should not we we shouldn't forget that there are also other diseases that are affecting people that are taking people's lives like AIDS, uh, malaria, TB, and others that I, that, that I can't really mention because there are very many illnesses. We should find out how to equally distribute sources to enable us to tackle those other issues that are, that are prevailing besides COVID-19. That's a good one. And I'm glad I asked that question because uh... I wasn't uh, like I, I might not have talked about COVID because we we're focusing on this, but you made a very good point that COVID is real, but let not people forget about these other diseases like you're talking about. And if you can protect yourself from COVID, try to protect yourself from all the other diseases because they're also killer disease and they can kill you. And I appreciate <laughs> it. So you were wearing your mask. <laughs> Yeah. Wearing a mask really good. So yeah, people should wear a mask. Place. <laughs> yeah. That's that's good. That's good that you wear that. Anyway, I don't want to take a lot of your time. I'm gonna ask you my final question. And this is my signature question that I ask everybody I host on my podcast. Uh, what gets you excited about life? Uh, 
just the fact that I, I'm leaving, I'm leaving my purpose because I, it's, it's, I feel more lively and uh, I feel, uh, someone told me that Ruth, ever since you came out, you, you're more lively, you're no longer that gloomy girl. If you ask my, if you ask my OBs and OGs from high school or anyone I studied with, either at campus, high school or primary, they would always know me to be the person who is gloomy. I don't smile and I, I looked pretty ugly. <laughs> so, <laughs> so uh, ever since I came out, I, there was, they, they said that things, I, I became very free and I look more beautiful. Uh, the fact that I'm living the life that I, I felt that I should have left, I should have lived even a few years back. And I'm living it now. It's never too late for us to, to live the kind of life we want to live. That is very exciting. And I don't know if, if I didn't see you when you're ugly, but I would say like, yeah, you look happy and you're living a very happy life. And I want to thank God for saving your life and looking at you smiling and you trying to save other kids' life. You know, you're doing a very good job. And I, on behalf of all the other people, we appreciate your work and the work you do. And uh, So Ruth, I don't want to take a lot of your time. I know you have a lot of things to do, but I want to appreciate you for coming on my podcast and telling us your story. And I'm sure I'm going to have you back again because people are going to ask me a lot of questions that I didn't ask you, but we only had a short time for our interview and I'll be glad to host you again. <laughs> okay, thank you. All right, thank you. Hey there, I am Bonnie Kibuka, the host of the Ugandan Boy Talk Show. Thanks for watching my video and don't forget to hit subscribe and share with a friend. Tune in every Saturday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time for a new episode about my podcast. And for more information about this podcast, follow me on my Instagram page, talk underscore show underscore 256.